It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner joining you. What is considered to be the beginning of March Madness. Our play-in games are starting this evening and excited to get what is the greatest sporting event in the country. To me, it's bigger than the Super Bowl. It's bigger than the NBA Finals. It's bigger than Major League Baseball's World Series. It's March Madness, and everybody has an opportunity to fill out your bracket, including my partner, Michael Brauner, who has filled out his bracket. And, Mike, I know we'll be talking about that in today's show, about where you and I exactly differ in our brackets. But it's another day to get everything started from a March Madness standpoint. Yeah, so first of all, in terms of bigger, it, I mean, the, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl, but it certainly is the best event in sport. I mean, it's it's a month of chaos. It, it is the. I mean, it started with championship week. I don't know about you, but after a Saturday of sitting on my couch for twelve straight hours watching basketball, doing literally nothing but watching basketball, my eyeballs they were stinging when I woke up on Sunday morning for the SEC championship and get get ready for that. Uh, you know, a little Yale Princeton Ivy League championship to kick the day off. My eyes they're primed. They're locked in. We're ready for uh for because you know guess what. It's going to be the same thing starting on Thursday. It is just the best. It's the most magical time of the year, man. It's March. Ever, like you said, everyone gets involved. Who do, who doesn't fill out a bracket when it comes out tomorrow? Everyone, everyone, even if you don't watch college basketball, and, th- uh, you know, get used to it because this is what happens uh, in every pool. <laughs> Someone who doesn't watch college basketball is going to win your pool. And if you're going to be mad about it, well, then don't fill out a bracket because that's just what's going to happen. Uh, you put in your time. You think you know what's going to happen with, with, uh, with the bracket. You don't know. No one, no one who watches college basketball often. You know, I think it was John Rothstein last year. I think I, I pretty much like tailed his, his bracket that he put out because I was like, all right, no one knows more about college basketball than John Rothstein. I'm, I'm just why, you know, he's gonna have it right. It was a disaster. No, so that, that just goes to show, like, you might as well just pick the higher seeds. You might as well pick what mascot you like better because no one knows. It's gonna be a month of chaos. Nick Wiggins has has us at uh, the what the most upsets ever. He says which, you know, who's going to call him out besides me if he's wrong on that? So it's just great, man. I'm so excited. Well, I tell you, when you have an opportunity tonight to get started, Southeast Missouri State, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi in the play-in, along with Pitt and Mississippi State, how dominant can the SEC be with eight teams that are in? Will it be quickly seven? Will Pitt knock off Mississippi State? in this playoff game and it's something that I know that again March Madness the greatest 
tournament, the best excitement that you can get from a sporting event standpoint. And we want to share the March Madness with you guys tomorrow at Moe's. Our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown starting at 6 o'clock p.m. We want to have all our qualifiers there. And, again, we're still qualifying listeners this afternoon here on the final drive. Make sure you listen for Luther Vandross's One Shining Moment. And then you give us a call here at the station, 251-694-1055, to guarantee your spot in our March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moe's Barbecue tomorrow at 6 o'clock. And, again, we'll be there tomorrow from 3 to 6 doing our show. And we definitely want to see and meet and greet you at Moe's Barbecue. But if you're a qualifier, don't just come by yourself. Bring a friend, bring a spouse, bring a brother, bring a sister, because what it does, it enhances your opportunity to win our grand prize, which is a brand new flat screen television from Bailey's TV and mattress and two one hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people. That can be two adults and one kid on two separate jet skis from our friends at Gulf Coast water rentals so again tomorrow most barbecue downtown six o'clock p.m you definitely want to join us yeah we're going to be qualifying when it's all said and done we'll have 56 people qualified i'll tell you uh, I mean, we're leaving eight open spots so bring your wives bring your kids i'll tell you right now 56 all 56 people who qualified are likely not going to uh show up i'm sure there will be a couple of open spots that will be given away so again bring your wives bring your girlfriends bring your kids bring bring whoever uh you know it's going to be a great time i also do want to mention there is a wnsp tournament challenge up it's our pinned tweet right now if you have twitter and want to go find it that way and join it that way i'll also send the link to join in the app right now uh but you know you're always you guys are always saying you're smarter than the hosts of wnsp well now's your chance to prove it and like you said you probably probably will but someone someone random will win uh so i'll go ahead and send that link right now but espn tournament challenge that link is sent come uh come come challenge the hosts of wnsp and show why you're why you know more about college basketball or why you can get lucky picking games better than us well i'll just flat out and, and get to the meat on the bone there as far as in regards to to can you have a better bracket than myself or Bronner or Nick or Kelly or anyone else in the office, Alabama, Houston, Gonzaga, Marquette. That is my final four. All right, so we're getting right into it. All right, so here here's the spoiler, and I'll just I'll I'll get this out of the way right off the bat in case you're uh, waiting on the edge of your seat. I and uh, you know, listen to that. I got, I got my bracket and I got Corey's bracket in front of me. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you where uh where Corey's wrong. But spoiler, they both end the same way. Uh, I think you can probably guess how how that ends. Whether that happens or not, you know, this is your opportunity as an Alabama fan to uh pick that way and not look crazy for doing it. So, that's just that's that's what it's gonna be. Deal with it. Anyway, my final four at the moment, and no, not at the moment, because because uh, I've been passionately. I was gonna say, do you have no, a fluid no, no, bracket? No, 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 no. There's one bracket. Okay. I filled out one bracket. It's the same on this piece of paper as it is in the WNSP tournament challenge. But in WNSP tournament challenge, it's the same bracket that I've submitted in my bracket 
challenge with my friends at home. I filled out one bracket this year. Admittedly, I filled out multiple in the past, but I said it on the air this year that you should only fill out one bracket, so I'm sticking to it. I'm filling out one bracket. If it busts, it busts. It probably will. But anyway, Alabama, Texas, UCLA, and Duke in my Final Four. Bama, Duke, Texas, and UCLA. That's who you're going to go with for your Final Four. Of course, can't go wrong with Alabama. The Dukies. The Dukies. Without Coach Krzyzewski, John Shire, in his first year as head coach, you like the Dukies? I do. So Duke is a five seed, and I think they're playing better basketball right now than a five seed, frankly. Obviously, they're a five seed because the season is longer than the final month. So, you know, I, I have no issues with them being seeded a five. But I, I, my point being, I think they're a better team than their seeding reflects. They're playing their best basketball of the year right now. They just beat Virginia in the ACC championship. I don't think Virginia is very good. And we'll get to that because I actually have them losing in my first round of Furman. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Duke is a lot better than their seeding reflects. They're playing their best basketball right now. John Shire, yeah, it's his first-year coach. He's been an assistant on that team for a long, long time, Corey. I mean, it's not like the guy has no postseason experience in college. I'm sure it's a different ballgame as a head coach, but I do. I like the Dukies to come out of that bracket. I think Purdue is the weakest of the number one of the one seeds. I think Marquette. You know, Marquette's Marquette. Uh, they're, pro- they're 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 a strong two seed coming out of the Big East for Shaka sure. Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart. Uh, they, they're certainly one of the better coach teams in the tournament. But I do, I I I like Duke. I, I think Duke makes a little run. At the same time, they're a five seed and they have a tough first round matchup against Oral Roberts. They could lose in the first round. Like I said, no one knows what's really going to happen. But I do have Duke in my Final Four. Texas, you like Texas, and you don't have Houston playing in their own city, representing their city in their own Final Four. Now, yeah, I have a team from Texas in the Final Four coming out of the Midwest. It's just not the team that everybody might have. No, Texas, I was praying that Alabama was going to avoid Texas as their two seed. I think they are by far the strongest of all the two seeds. They've been phenomenal all year. They've played in the best conference in the country all year. They're coming off of a dominating win over Kansas in the Big 12 championship. This is a dangerous team in Texas. And, yeah, I mean, I, I you're setting up for a Texas-Texas A&M round of 32 matchup, which, you know, the committee probably chuckled as they as they uh, put that one together. I think that one's going to be fantastic. But, actually, if, you, if you'll take a look at my bracket, Houston's not even in the, not even in the Elite Eight. I have them. Going down to Indiana. So the Hoosiers are going to shock and knock out number one seeded Houston, according to Michael Brauner's bracket. Well, I don't have Houston going out in the first round, the second round, the third round again, or the fourth round, because I have them making it all the way to the final four. And I do have them defeating the Texas Longhorns. And I think that, Rodney Terry has done a wonderful job at Texas under the circumstances. I believe his team has laid out for him why he should be the next head coach of the Texas Longhorns, especially with Chris Beard leaving under the circumstances. But Texas, under first-year head coach Rodney Terry, you expect him to show up 
in Houston, Texas, by defeating Indiana. Yeah, I don't think Houston makes it to the Elite Eight. I think uh, the health of Marcus Sasser is a concern. I think uh, Trace Jackson Davis for Indiana is going to kind of just give him, give him a lot of problems in that Sweet 16 matchup. Indiana's a kind of a little bit of a hot pick to make the Final Four. I don't think they actually go that far. I think they do go down to Texas in the Elite Eight, but I think the Midwest is probably, you could argue, the strongest of the four regions. And... Uh, Texas, I, it, Texas is just not a team that I would want anything to do with in uh, in my region. I'm glad Alabama avoids them. And, I, yeah, I, I, I have Texas going all the way to the national championship, as a matter of fact. UCLA is who else you have this one's hard. This in your Final Four. Why, why the Bruins? Because UCLA loses one of their best players. Yeah. And and you have them making it to the final four. Yeah, I might have if Jalen Clark, uh UCLA's are you know, some people say he's the best defender in the nation. Uh certainly one of UCLA's best players. Obviously he's out for the season, so UCLA's gonna have to make their run without him. I might have UCLA UCLA winning the whole thing if it weren't for that. Uh that being said, this is a team with with uh, deep run experience. They still got Tiger Campbell. They still got Jaime Hawkes. Mick Cronin's a big game coach for those Bruins. I, and I actually, if you'll see, I have Kansas losing to Arkansas in the first round, which or in the second round, rather, which, which clears the path nicely for the Bruins. And, yes, you would have to take down Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, but I think they're capable of doing that. Well, I tell you again, Houston, Gonzaga, Bama, and Marquette is who I'm rolling with. Uh, you got the Dukies in the Elite Eight. You got them be You I, got them taking down I, Purdue. See, I had Purdue losing to Memphis. Well, you know, when you start looking at Purdue and Memphis, that's one of those second-round matchups to where Penny Hardaway has the Tigers playing great basketball, but Purdue has an All-American, yeah. the only unanimous All-American selected to the first-team All-American team today i can can the big fella get it done for the boilermaker is in coach painter no 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 he can't and, and he's gonna get into foul trouble and, and memphis is gonna take advantage i man i zach Eady's fun he's he, he's one of those guys who is a really good college basketball player a dominant college basketball player he won't be a, he won't be any won't be a good pro i don't know if he's even projected to be a first round pick um, you got to take that chance on him. Yeah, I mean he'll 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 get drafted. Uh, probably not in the first round though. Again, you know, it, Oscar Sheboy came back to school because he wasn't gonna get drafted. Uh, so there, it, it's a common theme in terms of the. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with Michael Bronner, joining you this afternoon and. With NFL free agency being at the forefront of each headline pretty much every single afternoon, who's coming, who's going, who's staying. Of course, we've had the high-profile quarterbacks. Derek Carr joined the Saints. Jimmy Garoppolo joining Vegas. Mike. Who's better off in this situation, Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr? 
Who who is a better quarterback at this point in time? I think there's some layers here. So who is the better quarterback? I I think the answer is closer than than you might think. Who is the better quarterback for the Raiders? I think the answer is Jimmy Garoppolo. Saints fans who whose quarterback is now Derek Carr might not want to hear that. But Here's the reality of the situation. Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback who's won a lot of games, obviously on a, on a pretty good team, uh, not necessarily carried the, those 49ers to victory. But he's a quarterback who has experience in Josh McDaniel's system. He's a quarterback who is now surrounded with good weapons. Derek Carr had a shot this season in Josh McDaniel's offense. It didn't work. Jarrett Stidham, another quarterback with experience in Josh McDaniel's system, Again, it's a complicated offensive city. There's a reason why rookie receivers in New England never made an impact for 20 years straight. One, Belichick struggled to draft them. But two, it's a, it's just there's a lot of layers to that offense. And so I, I think instead of catering the offense around Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels kind of said, Derek Carr, you're going to learn a new offense. Jimmy Garoppolo has experience in that system. So, and not to mention... He's going to be playing for about $10 million cheaper per season. So, if I'm the Raiders, I think I just upgraded a quarterback. I don't know if you upgraded because you've got a quarterback that can't stay healthy. Garoppolo cannot stay healthy. That's the biggest thing about it since he's been in the league. Check out his injuries, Mike. Shoulder AC joint sprain. Torn his left ACL. High ankle sprain, left calf strain, hand-thumb fracture. Now, he did suck that up and play through that. Right hand, thumb, torn ligament. He su sucked it up and played through that. Shoulder injury, foot fracture. Can Garoppolo stay healthy? Carr, on the other hand, I think Carr has stayed relatively unscathed. Yeah, he tore his ACL at the end of, what was it, 2015, 16? And, and, he, and he also, you know, he had a pretty... Severe leg fracture. Uh, but at the same time, do the Raiders having the same exact quarterback? Are they happy to get rid of Carr and welcome Garoppolo with open arms? I can guarantee it, you Josh McDaniels is happier today than he was a week ago with his quarterback situation. And the health is that's fair. That's a fair point. But gotta, at the same time, healthy. You, 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 at the quarterback, you're, you're going to play through injuries that other guys aren't going to play through because yeah. you want to find a way to be that leader on the field. Now, if it keeps you from playing, it keeps you from playing. But did the Raiders upgrade? Will Vegas have an opportunity to say, hey, I, here's a quarterback in Garoppolo that's going to put up the type of numbers that are going to be not only Pro Bowl worthy, but take the Raiders into the playoffs somewhere that Derek Carr – to me, the Saints, I don't know if it was Derek Carr's intentions, but it looked like he quit on the Raiders at the end. And do the Saints, are they inheriting a winner or are they inheriting somebody who's passionate and is not going to be a quitter? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions about what's in a guy's head. I, I just, if I'm the Saints, I'm happy. And if I'm the Raiders, I'm happy. I, I think it's pretty clear that the Derek Carr era in Las Vegas was over. You get Jimmy Garoppolo for $10 million less. Obviously, you, you hope and pray he's going to be able to stay on the field and produce for you. I just, I think there's not 
I, I saw so many people on Twitter clowning the Raiders and saying, like, oh, you traded Derek Carr and replaced, not traded, but you replaced Jimmy, or Derek Carr with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, what, why, why is that such a downgrade? Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback who's played in a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback who's won a lot of football games. Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback who has proven he can play in a Josh McDaniel system. Derek Carr is not. He's just not. The Raiders were a mess this year. The Raiders' offense that trade invested a lot of draft capital in Devontae Adams and had Hunter Renfro no longer has Darren Waller, who's now a New York Giant, and we'll get into that a little bit later. You know, the headlines keep coming. They're hard to keep up with a little bit in terms of uh, NFL free agency week. I just... I, I, to say the Raiders made this downgrade or it, to 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 make fun of the Raiders and say oh they're just replace they're they're plugging a hole yeah I mean what what what's the solution you're not gonna go get Aaron Rodgers I guess clearly uh, and that's a whole other thing that we'll get into later on so why why not bring in Jimmy Garoppolo on a relative thirty million dollars for a quarterback right now. That's team-friendly, and I know that sounds ridiculous five years ago, but $30 million is is team-friendly for your starting quarterback. This is an upgrade. Given all these factors, I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is just all things being equal. I'm not necessarily saying Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Derek Carr, but this is an upgrade, all all factors included. The Saints upgraded quarterback for sure, Jameis Winston. He's back. Resigns with the Saints. Michael Thomas looks to resign with the Saints. So does that mean that Derek Carr is going to have additional weapons or make a difference maker there for himself? If Thomas can stay on the field. I mean, he he was good when he was on the field this year in the, what, two games he played? So, I don't know. I, it, it, if you're a Saints fan at this point, and, and and give me a call at 251-694-1055 or comment in the app. I mean, are you really banking on Michael Thomas at this point? If how much ex, how high are your expectations really for Michael Thomas? Because if they're high, you well, know, I I might have a beachfront property in Iowa to sell you. Well, I, I think that you he has to be productive with his new quarterback. They have to find some type of chemistry because the Saints offensively there there's more question marks. There's more questions than answers for the Saints in this situation. And as far as Garoppolo and Carr, the numbers are going to tell it. Carr 24 and 14 last year, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Is that the same production he's going to give to the Saints? Because if so, to me, the Saints aren't going to get any better. Garoppolo, same thing last year, 16 and four, but couldn't finish the season. So, It'll be interesting to continue to watch free agency and how the dominoes continue to fall and shift. And as we shift into this next segment, we'll be talking about the Auburn Tigers and their opportunity in spring training and practice, as well as on the basketball floor in their opening round matchup with the Iowa Hawkeyes. You're listening to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Hi, this is Phil Steele, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with Michael Brauner, 
taking your telephone calls at 251-694-1055. Don't forget, tomorrow, Moe's Barbecue Downtown, 6 o'clock p.m., we'll have our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge, and we want to get you qualified this afternoon and evening. When you hear the one shining moment, make sure you're the first to call Mike on the phone and guarantee your qualifying spot in our March Madness Challenge. And if your team is picked and wins it all, the team you pick wins it all, you'll have an opportunity to win a flat screen television courtesy of Bailey's TV and mattress. And also get on those jet skis to where there's two separate jet skis for you and two friends or two adults and one child, however you want to get on those two jet skis, you'll have an opportunity to get that from Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And I tell you, our next guest, Jason Caldwell, my brother, I know you would love to watch March Madness on that flat screen television or come down here to Mobile and get on those jet skis and have an opportunity to qualify as well. Jason Caldwell joining us. I think I'll stay away from the jet skis, but I'm all for uh, all for the TV side of things for sure. <laughs> I got you, Jason. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us here on the final drive. Uh, it's a busy time on the plains as the Auburn Tigers saw their name called, and wouldn't you know it, the Auburn Tigers find a way to have a home court neutral advantage in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, no, that was probably the. Uh, you know, obviously, you look at it, when you're an 8-9 game, you're going to have a difficult matchup. There's no other way around it. Uh, Iowa's a team that gives, can give Auburn some problems, but, man, if you get an opportunity to potentially play your first two games, if you win and survive in advance to play them in Birmingham, it's hard to get much better than that for Auburn. And so, I mean, you look at it, and um, I think you, you, there's no way you could say that it's not about as favorable a draw as you could get now. Iowa and Houston are standing in your way of potentially moving on, but um, man, to be able to have your crowd and, and fans and comfort of a place that you're familiar with playing in Birmingham, I think that's a pretty big deal. It absolutely is, and I guess, Jason, what can Auburn learn from their loss early in the SEC tournament. How can it be different? Because you lose the SEC tournament, you know you already have 20 wins and your season's going to advance. Win or go home right now for the Auburn Tigers? And do you think there's a difference? Because Iowa, not playing in the SEC, Auburn played a, a pretty decent non-conference schedule, but how do you think they match up with the Hawkeyes? Yeah, I was a team that can really score. Um, they're one of the top scoring and shooting teams in the country, um, but they don't play a lot of defense. They, they give up 74 points a game. So you look at them in a really, really good offensive efficiency and not very good defensive efficiency. It's almost the exact opposite. Auburn's really good defensive efficiency, not very good offensive efficiency. But Auburn's offense has really improved over the course of probably the last three or four weeks. They've, they've done a much better job of shooting the basketball, um, you know, rebounding was the issue for them against Arkansas in the SEC tournament. This is a this is a long Iowa team, but they're not a dominant, you know, interior team. Uh, they'll shoot the three. They got a, a third team All American in Chris Murray. He averages twenty a game, and the guy that I think he's only been held under double digits three times this season. So, um, six eight four, they can shoot the three. He's a really good player. So. 
there's some challenges, but you look at it, and like I said, you're going to have a challenge no matter who you face when you get into the NCAA tournament. And you know, for Auburn, can you can you put the pieces together? They they you know shown some pieces at times, and I think probably only maybe only two games this season where you look at it when man that's that's probably what this team's capable of. I think early on against Washington, we saw that. And then there was a game against Ole Miss and another one against Georgia. So it might be three times where you went, that was what this team can be. Um, they're going to see if they can find that in NCAA tournament. Jason, you have a better temperature of the Auburn fan base than, than we do down here, obviously. Uh, you know, we, we had a little debate yesterday as to whether it's fair or not that Auburn got stuck in Birmingham to Iowa and Houston. No matter what you feel on that, Auburn is in Birmingham. Uh, how how much of an Auburn crowd do you expect to be in Birmingham, given the fact that Alabama's known for a minute that they'll pro- likely be in Birmingham? So uh, how much of a split do you expect between Auburn and Alabama fans? Yeah, I think it's just all depending on how many tickets you can find. Um, I don't know if it'll be, you know, the same, but, you know, it kind of reminds me of what the West teams have had to deal with with Georgia in football in the SEC championship game because Georgia fans basically know about week two that they're going to be in the SEC championship game and the teams in the West, you're battling it out to the end and you look up and Georgia's got 80% of the fans and, and, you know, and, and, um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and you're playing a road game. Um, Alabama's going to have a lot of fans there. There's no question about that. I think they probably felt like from the middle of the season on that that's where they were going to be. Uh, I know there were some Auburn fans before the season that bought tickets for Birmingham, uh, hoping or expecting that that's where Auburn would wind up. So there'll be some Auburn fans there. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on how many tickets they can find. I think probably Thursday there'll be more. be a much more difficult ticket if you can get to Saturday, um, you know, without question. The Auburn fan base loves Charles Barkley, and they have that statue outside of Neville Arena of Charles Barkley. But, of course, Charles has painfully predicted the Alabama Crimson Tide to win the national championship. Charles never wanted to step away from controversy, but do you feel that Alabama has what it takes to win the national championship? Yeah, I think – the crazy thing is, I think you could probably point to 20 teams and go, but that team, if they get hot, could win a national championship. Also, I think you look at most of those teams and say, I could see that team losing the second round. Um, you wouldn't expect it the way Alabama played in the SEC tournament. It's also a team that Mississippi State led for much of the game in Tuscaloosa. Auburn took them to overtime in Tuscaloosa. So, um, you know, I think you could – you look at it and go, yeah, absolutely. This team can absolutely go and, and win a national championship. But like every other team right now in this country, Purdue, Kansas, they've all shown that they have, you know, some vulnerability at times. Alabama might have less than, than most teams. Um, but even then you go and the youth at some spots, some of those things, cause sometimes those things can pop up on you. So uh, I would say that they got to be one of the favorites going in. But I don't think there's a clear favorite anywhere um, based on this college basketball season. Well, Jason, Charles Barkley made another comment yesterday that, quite frankly, was one of the more ridiculous things I've ever heard come out of anyone's mouth. And you can tell me if it wasn't all that ridiculous, but I I think you'll agree with me. He said that Alabama and Auburn fans are going to be rooting for each other, essentially. And I know know I'm not going to be rooting for Auburn, and I know you're not going to be rooting for Alabama. I mean, do you think Charles was just trying to stir the pot with that comment? Why would he say something like that? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's my job to cover Auburn, and so I'm not rooting. Uh, I mean, obviously I want to see Auburn win, but I'm not rooting against anybody. But I know Auburn fans, and I know Auburn fans are not going to be cheering for Alabama. Um, there's no <laughs> question about that. And it's kind of like this whole thing goes that people think that because somebody chants the SEC after they win a bowl game, that that means they're rooting for the – no, they're just they're chanting, hey, we're part of the SEC, we beat you – they're not cheering for other people in the SEC. It's been one of the funniest things I've I've tried to ask people for years. It's like, why would you ever cheer for your rival to win a game? It doesn't make any sense um, because anything they do that's good hurts you. So, yeah, I don't, I don't expect there's going to be many fans uh, rooting for the other side of this one. There may be a few, but I'm going to say it's a very small percentage. We're speaking with Jason Caldwell, who covers the Auburn Tigers for AuburnUndercover.com has been covering them for almost 25 years and, again, is part of that Auburn 24-7 sports network. And, Jason, with Hugh Freeze coming off of spring break last week and Auburn not practicing, I know he wanted guys to be sharp and come back yesterday fully focused. What was the point of emphasis yesterday in practice? And I know the big holes or the big point of emphasis have been in the secondary as well as the O-line. Yeah, actually, secondary is probably it's probably the deepest position on this team. Um, you know, with experience returning as well, and the offensive line, no question about it. But, you know, that's that's a group that you're replacing pretty much the entire offensive line, with the exception of you know, Jeremiah Wright has a couple of starts under his belt. You got a couple of guys back that have, that have started games, but um, the offensive line has been a, a big point of emphasis when you bring in three transfers a junior college transfer, and three high school players. I mean, seven new offensive linemen uh, for spring practice. And so there's a lot of new faces, um, a lot of new faces on that defensive line, too. With, you know, you got a couple of early high school graduates, actually three of them, three early high school graduates up front, including Keltrick Falk, uh, the high school All-American from Highland Home. And been one of the early bright spots for me, even though I saw, I saw him play probably half a dozen times uh, in his career. Um, you look at him, and he's, he absolutely looks the part at about six six, you know, two forty five or two fifty already. Um, so there's some young guys that are having a chance to go out there and show what they can do. And you know, as far as the team itself and the coaching staff, it's just trying to um, see what you got and seeing, you know, who retains information and how quickly they can learn things uh, with new systems on both sides of the ball. One of the questions I have is in regard to the coaching staff and how close they've become and how quickly they've had to do it. Is Coach Freeze allowing his assistant coaches to talk to you guys after practice and the accessibility that the media has had so far? I know that coming in, he's never been, Coach Freeze has never been one to shy away from the media. And any exposure is good exposure at this point in time for the Auburn Tigers program. Yeah, we actually had uh, Wesley McGriff and, and Ben Agamag, um Auburn tight end coach. We actually spoke to those guys today for probably 30 minutes each. Um, yesterday we were supposed to have about a 20-minute window, and it wound up being a little over an hour. You know, you know, Hugh Freeze came in and said, hey, you guys come on out. And so there's a couple of, of periods that I don't want you to video. But other than that, come on out and watch. And so we were out there a little over an hour for practice, which is probably – as long as a window that we've had in five or six years, probably. Um, so, yes, we've had good access, talking to coaches, um, had a couple of players tomorrow. So it's been, it's been good so far. I think as 
as they get into a little more comfort level with each other, with what they're doing on the field. I think I think the access will only increase. Uh, but, yeah, it's been pretty good so far. And, uh, you know, I think um, the fans are enjoying some of that access as well. Well, I tell you, we enjoy all the access that you bring to the Auburn Tigers in the program. And Auburn's A-Day scheduled for April 8th at 1 o'clock p.m. And I know you'll be there. And how can people see and listen and watch to your continuous coverage of the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, you can check us out, like I said, AuburnUndercover.com, um, AUTigers.com as well. It can get you there part of the 24-7 network. And uh, also follow me on Twitter at ICATJason. And lots of football coverage, uh, basketball coverage as well as the Tigers get ready. We'll have I mean, three of us up there uh, Thursday to, uh, to cover Auburn basketball in Birmingham. Uh, recruiting going on. Uh, baseball tonight against Georgia Tech at home. So find all those things there online. They can also follow me, like I said, on Twitter at ITATJason. Jason, can't thank you enough and look forward to talking to you very soon as Auburn continues to be very busy on the Plains this spring season. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. Jason Caldwell, AuburnUndercover.com, also 24-7 Sports Network, covering the Auburn Tigers for over 23 years. And again, make sure you tune in and listen for the one shining moment montage by Luther Vandross to qualify for our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge tomorrow night at most 6 o'clock p.m. is where it's going to be. You don't want to miss out. Make sure you listen for your one shining moment to qualify. Hey, this is Ladarius Owens, former Auburn football player and current CFL player. You're listening to WNSP. Ball is ticked, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star, and all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. In one shining moment, it's all on the line. In one shining moment, they're free. You know what that song means. That means give my man Mike a call right here at WNSP 251-694-1055 to guarantee your qualifying spot in our March Madness matchup challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And again, throughout today's show, when you hear that Luther Vandross's one shining moment, you'll have an opportunity to be an automatic qualifier. And all you have to do is make sure you're present and show up. And you can bring your wife, your kids, your friends, your family as well, because we're leaving eight spots open. So you can have even a better chance to get in and become our winner of our grand prize of the brand new flat screen television from Bailey's TV and mattress and two one hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis that can be two adults and one child from our friends at Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And again, one shiny moment, you'll have an opportunity to qualify for an opportunity to win our grand prize here from WNSP and we were talking yesterday about Will Wade having an opportunity to take the McNeese State job well 
Of course, he had to sign a contract, and when he did sign that contract, he will be suspended for the first five games so McNeese State can try to get in front of the NCAA allegations that he had to deal with while he was at LSU. And I think that that's pretty smart. But if the NCAA lowers the hammer, then McNeese State is without a coach for a little while. So he definitely has to have a great staff. But five-game suspension for Will Wade to start his career as well as... Is, is that breaking news or is that... That is definitely news of the day. For sure, because yesterday he had his introductory press, press conference. conference. And then that came out today that and he's today. suspended for five. That's like his big punishment. Uh, surely they knew that uh, when they hired him, I guess, that he was going to face some sort of discipline. I still don't have a great grasp on exactly what it is that he did wrong uh, in terms of paying recruits. I mean, well, that would be illegal, Mike. Well, of course, of course you could. Of course, that's illegal. Well, it but was, you're on a wiretap. Uh, well, hold on. You, it was illegal. You, 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 uh, you're on a wiretap saying that, though. Uh, I understand. I'm just saying, you know, Ole Miss hired a guy who allegedly did did some things worse than uh, than, than Will Wade did. If we're getting into the morals of it, which you know, I don't want to start a whole thing on that. I'm just saying, like, what Chris Beard is alleged to have done is morally worse than what Will Wade is alleged to have done, especially considering that in the era of NIL, what Will Wade did is probably not uh, not not that heinous by any stretch. So not that I don't want to be the the guy who defends Will Wade, uh, but, you know, it's just something to think about. Well, I think it's smart that McNeese State went ahead and gave some type of suspension up front and We'll see how that plays into how successful Will Wade can be at McNeese State, whether that's a recruiting advantage or disadvantage, and we'll see what happens coming from there. Joining us next hour here on The Final Drive, Chris Gordy talking a little SEC action. He can give us a full compliment of SEC action coming up next here on The Final Drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Brauner. Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Brunner. Do your job and play together. The final drive live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner joining you this afternoon. And, of course, it's March Madness. And we want to make sure here at WNSP that you have an opportunity to win 
our grand prize of a brand new flat screen television from Bailey's TV and Mattress and two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis from our friends at Gulf Coast Water Rentals. All you have to do is make sure that if you have already been a qualifier or that if you want to qualify, that you show up tomorrow to Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile for an opportunity to pick a team out of the hat. And if that team wins it all and wins the national championship, you'll receive our grand prize. And to qualify today, all you have to do is listen to the best sports montage song there is. Luther Vandross's one shiny moment. When you hear that, you pick up the phone and you call up Mike 251-694-1055 and guarantee your spot in our March Madness matchup challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown tomorrow starting at 6 o'clock p.m. And again, if you qualified, you have to be there and bring a friend, bring your wife, bring your children, bring everyone you know for an opportunity to qualify. And that's what it's all about in our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge. And going to jump on our phone lines here and talk to Chris Gordy from our host of Locked On SEC. And Chris, have you filled out your bracket yet, my friend? Uh, not only have I filled out my bracket, I've, I've torn it up and started over about four or five times already. So, uh, yeah, this is that time of year where you, you, the brackets are set. You go out and fill it out the first time, and then you let it marinate for a day, and then you come back and you scratch out things and you, you find the upsets. I will tell you this, guys. I was digging through the numbers, and this is just one. If you've already filled out your bracket, eight of the last 12 years, the Final Four has been one one seed or less. So that means if you fill out your bracket and you've got three one seeds in there, tear it up and start over again because the odds say that is not going to happen. Chris, you've torn it up. I, I'm sitting here looking at the perfect bracket right now. I filled it out this morning. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why they do those bracket, you know, those bracket challenges where they're like a million dollars for the perfect bracket. No one gets perfect brackets. Warren, Warren Buffett, is he still putting up his billion dollars or whatever it was for uh, for the perfect bracket? <laughs> Might as well because it's not going to happen. It, it, it's just not yeah, going to happen. give you $20 billion, It's just never going to happen. I, I agree with you. Chris, I, I want to ask you this. Since you've torn up your first bracket, who do you have in your Final Four bracket? Well, the, the one constant uh, that I've had in every bracket I've filled out is Alabama in the Final Four. I just – Maybe I'm a little biased because I've watched them so many times this year. They're just the most complete team. I mean, they, they are. They, they defend well. Uh, they can score with anybody. Um, you know, Brandon has been so ridiculous scoring the basketball. Their bench is ridiculous. Uh, you know, the other day, Noah Clowney steps up. He has a big game. They just have so many different pieces. It's it's you know, look, we can we can talk about the controversy from in January and all that kind of stuff and what they did and didn't do right. But at the end of the day, playing good basketball is what this Bama team has been all about. And, you know, when you look at their, their few losses they've had this year, they all came on the road in hostile environments. Um, you know, now they get to go play on neutral courts. So uh, I think Alabama is going to be that team. Um, you know, Houston is the only other one seed that I do like, um, you know, because they defend so well. We know Kelvin Sampson is, is one of the best coaches in college basketball, but Big question marks with them because Marcus, Marcus Sasser, you know, their, their dynamic scorer, 
got banged up in the AAC title game, sat out the championship game against Memphis, and they lost that game. Uh, the word is they're going to get him back healthy, and he'll be good to go. So if he's healthy, I think Houston's got a good chance to come out of that side. But if not, uh, the Texas Longhorns are a team to keep an eye on. Dylan dessou has been one of my favorite players to watch, Marcus Carr. So uh, Longhorns, Rodney Terry, it's so funny. They fired Chris Beard, and the team got better. Rodney Terry seems like they're going to take the interim tag off of him and name him the the full-time head coach for the Texas Longhorns. So I like them. And then maybe, uh, you know, down the other side, I like UCLA as a two-seed. I think, uh, you know, they lost one of their better defenders for the rest of the year, but I still think they could score and fill it up with the best of them. And then uh, out of the other side of the bracket, I'm coming out with a, a wild card. I'm coming out with the eight-seed Memphis Tigers. Oh, wow. They're playing their best basketball right now. They just beat Houston for the AAC crown. And uh, I don't know. I think Penny Hardaway's got that team playing and believing. They're, they're healthy now, and uh, I like the Memphis Tigers as a long shot to get in there as an AC. Well, Chris, I, I have Alabama, Marquette, Gonzaga, and Houston in my Final Four, and I know Bronner has Alabama, Duke, Texas, and UCLA in his Final Four. So it's one of those to where getting out the Sharpies, I couldn't go with all number one seeds because, like you mentioned, that's just really unheard of. But I do have two number one seeds advancing. Yeah, and it happened, I think about two years ago, we had three one seeds, but that's, that's rare. I mean, that doesn't happen. There's always going to be somebody that, that gets hot. I like I like Marquette. I like the pick there. The Duke pick, I have no idea what the hell Duke is. Like, they were the most inconsistent team early in the year. They get into the ACC tournament, they get hot, they run through. So, I don't know what they are. Uh, props to John Shire, but, uh, you know, when you get to the tournament, coaching matters and coaching experience matters. And that's what, what's so fun sometimes in these mid-majors, and that's why I like Marquette. Like, Shaka Smart's been there. Uh, the, the bright lights of Texas were too big for him. But coaching in the mid-major, man, he knows how to coach. He, he did it with VCU, and now he's doing it with Marquette. So those are the kind of teams to watch. Like, the coaches that have been there, done that, um, you know, not just the highest-paid coaches, but the ones that are really experienced, been in the tournament a handful of times. And then, of course, the old cliche, veteran guard play. If you're looking at a team and they have a senior point guard and a senior shooting guard, those are teams that tend to do really well this time of year. Well, you know, kudos to Shire for being the first person to win an ACC tournament championship as a player and coach. But when you start looking at the numbers for eight SEC teams to get into the tournament, make that maybe seven tonight after the playing game with Mississippi State and Pitt, I think that's going to be one hell of a game as well. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a toss-up. It opened that I think Mississippi State was about a point-and-a-half favorite. Now I'm seeing most places they're two-and-a-half point favorites. So money's coming in, and people believe in Mississippi State. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think it's I think it's bogus that they have to play an extra game. The, the playing stuff is so stupid. If they really wanted to get this right, with the, you know, those teams that are like Joe Lunardi's first four out, like, those are the teams that should be playing in the play-in game. Like, the, the fact that we're doing this and, like, Mississippi State, hey, you're an 11 team, but, hey, you still you have to play another 11 for a right to play in the full 64 bracket. Like, I just think it's so stupid the way that they do this thing. And it, and it really – you want to do the play-in games, fine, but those should really be, like, the last four teams, you know, in as opposed to, uh, you know, higher seeds. So, we'll see. Uh, Chris Jans had a great year at Mississippi State. Uh, I am picking them to win tonight, but – and they did Vanderbilt dirty. I thought Jerry Stackhouse had a fantastic year. They got hot at the right time down the stretch of the season. And 
they did not get rewarded, so they left them out. And I thought they did A&M dirty, picking them a seven seed. A&M was one of the best teams in the SEC, you know, this season. Finished second in the SEC West behind Alabama, and then they get in as a seven. I think they did that. The committee did that purposefully just to match up with potential Longhorns Aggie second round games, which I hope backfires on them. I hope Colgate, the toothpaste, upsets the Longhorns in the first round, and uh, you know maybe. Uh, Maybe Texas or Texas A&M loses in the first round too, but uh, to Penn State. But um, yeah, it's it's just they did a couple of these teams dirty, dirty with the seating. Talking to Chris Gordy, locked on SEC. Chris, being a Houston guy, I'll I'll ask you. I said yesterday Houston kind of got screwed by Auburn being placed in Birmingham. Do, do you see it that way, or, or is this uh, you know j- just another hurdle for Kelvin Sampson to clear? Does it depend on Marcus Sasser's health? Where, what do you make of uh, Houston's little draw in, in the first two rounds here in Birmingham, sticking Auburn in Birmingham as well? Yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't think it matters. I mean, you know, I know Kelvin Sampson kind of had some fun with it yesterday and and poking fun at it, but simply Kelvin Sampson's not going to poke fun at If they get to the Final Four, it's played in Houston. Guess who's going to have to hold Phil it's there? So, yes. um, you know, look, this Auburn team, I wouldn't like any other year, like even last year's team with Jabari Smith and, and, and all the pieces they had, like that team was scarier to me than this team. I just, I like Bruce Foles as a coach. I just, I'm not, I'm not a believer in Auburn, and I'm not a believer in Arkansas. I, in fact, both my brackets, I've got them losing in the first round. Um, I just and they're in both those eight nine dreaded matchups anyway. But I just this Auburn team is just underachieved all year long. You know, I kept telling you guys for weeks. The uh, you know I was looking for a resume win. Where's the resume win? They finally got one the last week against Tennessee. But okay, great, you beat Tennessee. That still doesn't mean that oh man, we're about to go on a Sweet Sixteen run. I just think that uh, this Auburn team they just don't have it cohesively. I like Wendell Green. I like I mean I like some of the guys that they have, but. None of them are Jabari, Jabari Smith or any of the pieces they've had in recent years. I just I don't think this is a great Auburn team, and I think uh, they, they're primed to be one and done. I think Arkansas is primed to be one and done. You think Arkansas is primed to be one and done with that matchup against Illinois? I, I had Arkansas going into the Sweet 16. Arkansas is an interesting one because they're another, I mean, kind of like Auburn this year to probably even a greater extent. They've underachieved all season long. I think a lot of people had Arkansas winning the conference. Eric Musselman's been a back-to-back Elite Eights. I mean, how, how much does tournament experience as a coach factor in when, you, when, you're, uh, when you're filling out that bracket? Well, that's what I said. I think it does matter. So, like, if, if you're going to pick Arkansas at all, what you're banking on is that Eric Musselman has dialed it up and, and he's going to be able to dial up the right plays and, and motivate his guys at the right times. Just keep in mind, he had a deep run with Nevada a couple years ago, too. So, this is a guy who's made multiple deep runs through the tournament. But I just look at his Arkansas roster, and it's not what it was the last two years. And, uh, you know, those were teams that, that made it to the Elite Eight. So, um, again, it does matter. But I think just, you know, there's, there's some times when I look at a team and I'm just not a believer in them. I'm, other, you know, I'm not a believer in Kentucky. I've got Providence beating them in the first round. Uh, I've been very disappointed with them this season with bringing Oscar Sheboy back. And, you know, I know they've been banged up at the guard spot and they're trying to get healthy and, and do all they can. But I think John Calipari has shown us, man, his best years are behind him. And he's not a very good, uh, you know, elite, elite caliber coach anymore. He recruits well, but. The in-game coaching leaves a lot to be desired. So wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky loses in the first round. And, and Tennessee, too. I know that they're in this a four seed. Rick Barnes has done well there. But, um, you know, losing to Kai Ziegler is going to hurt them. And uh, I don't think they can go very far. So 
Yeah, I may be host of Locked on SEC, I, but I'm certainly going to tell you how it is. And a lot of these SEC teams, I'm just not believing it. That was year. my next point, Chris, for the host of Locked on SEC. <laughs> oh, man, you, you are not predicting the SEC to do well this March. Well, I got Bama winning it all. So Fair I mean, enough. I guess I'm a little bit of a homer in that aspect. And, and, and trust me, I'm not an Alabama fan by any means, but I tell you, tell you how, you, how I see it and tell you like it is. Um, yeah, I, I think Alabama's got a, the best chance to, to win it all of anybody. But uh, now all these other SEC teams, the periphery teams, uh, I like A&M. I think Buzz Williams has done a great job. Therese Radford, Wade Taylor. Like, I think they've got the pieces that if everything sets up for them, they can make a deep run. And, man, the Aggies would love nothing more than to beat the Longhorns in round two if they get there. So, um, yeah, I just, again, I, I hope Auburn and Arkansas, I hope teams like that surprise me. Put it that way. I would. I would love nothing more than this Bruce Pearl going at the tournament run. I just don't know if this year is the right pieces. Well, Chris, I tell you, we'll have plenty to watch, and we'll see if your bracket is torn up after day number one, or you'll just say, look, I'm going to fill out a second one. My man Bronner said he's going to fill out just one. One bracket, I, Chris, I think one. that when you have to go to multiple brackets, or if you go to multiple sites, it'll be one for Yahoo, one for ESPN, one for CBS. You, you just pick the upsets on one bracket, and the other ones you just feel with what your gut is going through. But we'll definitely stay yeah. in touch to see how your SEC predictions come out, Chris, and how can people follow you and all the great coverage that you give the Southeastern Conference? Yeah, just locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast. We're on YouTube. We've got the, the video version of the show up as well. And just one rule, guys, one rule. If you fill out one bracket, you are entitled to brag and talk trash. If you fill out multiple brackets, you do not get to brag, oh, I had that upset, because we know you didn't have any other eight brackets. So See, that's... you do not get to talk trash. <laughs> See, that, uh, Chris, Chris, we do a three-hour radio show every day. I, I film, I'm filling out one bracket for the sake of content. So I, it, one bracket only this year from me. You'll be hearing from me next Tuesday at 4 o'clock about what I got. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. One shining moment being played here on the final drive. You know what that means. Be the first to call up Michael on the phone to guarantee your spot to qualify in our March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. is when we all get started. Michael and I will be doing our show from Moe's Barbecue downtown. And, again, you'll have an opportunity to win a brand-new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress as well as two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three friends on two separate jet skis that can be two adults and one child courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals and we know as soon as that one shining moment montage came on the phone started ringing Michael and I know that with that being said, we want to make sure that you come out tomorrow to Moe's Barbecue. You can bring your friends, your family, your wife, your children, because we're just going to do it right tomorrow. 
for our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown. And why wouldn't we? Because this is the biggest month. Everybody anticipates, gets ready to fill out the bracket. You can also go to our website, join our bracket challenge here at WNSP. The link will be on the app so you can check it out. Jump in and play against us. Again, I mentioned what my Final Four Big, teams were big name that just qualified by the way ooh, ooh, big qualified. name our guy chuck chuck is the first one to qualify today is regards to he yeah, had john his one well. shot I forgot, I forgot to mention him earlier but yeah chuck and john qualified so far we're gonna qualify two more today four more on the morning show tomorrow nathan will play it four times for us uh during the show tomorrow i mean we still got like 12 more spots to fill or something like that I, my math i think is wrong there i think 10 more spots but anyway come out why would you not uh you know it's going to be a great time. So I'm going to send the link to the bracket challenge again. Separate thing, but do join our bracket challenge. Well, you know, in the bracket challenge, there's always Cinderella's. And as I filled out my bracket, I really didn't have a lot of Cinderella's. I mean, will it be Charleston, the Cougars? Will it be Oral Roberts defeating Duke? Can the golden flashes of Kent State defeat Indiana? We always talked about that 12-5 matchup. Can Furman, can they defeat Virginia? We've seen Virginia exit the tournament and make the type of history that they're not proud of as a 16 beating a 1. But who's going to be that Cinderella? Mm. I, I don't have any really in my bracket because all of them are really, when you start looking at 5-12, I don't have a single 5-12 upset in my bracket. Oh, I have a 512 upset. Who's I, it going to be? I, I said I was confident in this one yesterday. St. Mary's is not beating VCU. I'll tell you that right now. VCU is going to VCU is going to give St. Mary's hell. The VCU is going to give them big problems physically. That VCU team is tough. I, mean, I I watched more A10 than I care to admit over the last uh, couple weeks or so. VCU is they're they're a tough team, man. They're they're big. They make shots. They're I mean, St. Mary's and, and, and admittedly, I watched a ton of St. Mary's this year. Well, all you have to do is they beat the Zags. They did beat the Zags. And lost to them in the conference championship. But, but then got smoked in the conference championship by the same Gonzaga team. So I, I, I don't love that St. Mary's. I do love their guard, Aiden Mahaney. Uh, he, he, he's a fun little guy. But, yeah, I I, I love VCU over St. Mary's. That's the 512 I have. And, I mean, it depends on I – mean, talk about Cinderella's. Uh, it depends what your definition of Cinderella is. I had five seed Duke in the Final Four, but I don't think anyone's considering Duke to be a Cinderella story if 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 Duke makes the Final Four. Uh, in terms of big upsets, yeah, like I said, VCU over St. Mary's. I got Furman over Virginia. I just don't think that Virginia team's any good, man. They can't score points. Furman chucks threes. They're sure they're one of the better three shooting teams in the country. They shoot among the most three points, three point attempts in the country. I'm just telling. I'm telling you, man. Furman is a team that if they shoot, if they come out hot and make some of their shots, because they're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're right up there with Alabama in terms of three points attempted per per game. If Furman makes some shots, it is going to be a long day for Virginia. I wouldn't be surprised to see Furman beat Virginia by ten. Well, Tony Bennett does a phenomenal job at Virginia, and you know that's why when you start looking at trying to win a national championship and being able to win a national championship. It's so hard to do, and you look back to not only four years ago, he is 
taking Virginia to the promised land. Yeah. And I, I think that, again, this is a different Virginia team that you're talking about. But, again, no Cinderella's for me. The slipper doesn't fit. 5-12, there's always one. But not in my bracket. I just can't I can't see that 5-12 upset Ar- this Arkansas year. Arkansas in the Sweet 16 I have, maybe. You could consider that, I guess, a Cinderella. But, again, this is a team that's gone to back-to-back Elite Eights. It's hard to call them a Cinderella, too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in terms of Alabama's matchup, like we said, Virginia, I, I'd be hard-pressed to argue. I, I want Virginia in that Sweet 16, maybe even more so than, like, Furman. Or, or Charleston. For, Charleston's a team that's won a lot of ball games this year. Furman, again, is a team that's going to shoot a lot of threes. Some of them go in. Who knows what can happen? That's a team that if they just shoot well, they can beat anyone. So uh, I I really would like to play Virginia if I'm Alabama. I think that is an ideal matchup for the Crimson Tide. I actually I have, obviously, Furman uh, defeating Virginia, so it doesn't happen. But I have Alabama playing San Diego State in the Sweet 16. We talked about it yesterday. I think until the Elite Eight... Alabama's toughest game is the second round, without a doubt. Well, I definitely have Virginia getting to the round of 16 and playing Alabama as well. But as far as Charleston, the Cougars facing off with San Diego State in that opening round, that 5-12, if there's one, 31-3 are the Cougars. And I'm not sure if... I think they lost all the good teams they played, though. I think the three losses were against their only quad one opponents. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look. I, I heard someone say that. It's funny. A lot of March is like, oh, yeah, I heard this tidbit from uh, from, from said person. You know, I, I'd be lying if I said I watched a lot of Charleston basketball this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did watch the conference championship with San Diego State and Utah State. San Diego State's that's a tough team. I will say this. Rick Patino is always a hard draw, regardless mm. of whether he is Iona having an opportunity to meet UConn, UConn. Some talking heads have them going to the national championship game as they started the season 14-0. But that's that's an opening round matchup that I think will be fun to watch. And again, it all starts this evening. With our play-in games, you have two play-in games tonight. Southeast Missouri State taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Pitt taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs getting it started. Also, NIT tonight, Southern Miss and UAB battling one another. Former conference foes will see who can keep it alive and keep their season alive there in the NIT as well. You're listening to the final drive here on WNSP 1055, Corey Bounty and Michael Brauner. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. March Madness. It's getting started today, folks, and I know everybody's filling out their brackets, and we put a link in the app to where you can join us in our March Madness Challenge here at the station. And, of course, you can join us tomorrow night at Moe's Barbecue downtown starting at 6 o'clock p.m. and have an opportunity. If you have already qualified, then you definitely want to make sure that you show up and 
bring a friend or, or a sibling with you because that'll give you double the chances to have an opportunity because we have eight spots open for you to chance to qualify to win our grand prize of our flat screen television from Bailey's TV and mattress along with two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis. That can be two children and one adult if you so like it. And we want to thank Gulf Coast Water Rentals for providing that opportunity. But we definitely want to see you tomorrow night at Moe's Barbecue downtown as we jump into our March Madness challenge and the Missouri Tigers again one of those eight teams that have played their way into March Madness made it all the way to Saturday semifinals and really gave Alabama all they could handle in the first half and someone who covers the Missouri Tigers Matt Stahl joining us as again he does an outstanding job covering the Missouri Tigers Matt, good afternoon, and are you ready for March Madness? I am. I am. You know, got the first little taste of it down in Nashville where I'm from with the SEC tournament. So, yeah, going to be a fun little bit here. Well, we've asked our other guests today, have to start out by telling you who's in my Final Four. Alabama, Marquette, Houston, and Gonzaga. Who do you have on your bracket? Have you filled it out yet? No, I'll tell I'll tell you something I started doing three years ago during the um, during it was the or it was the year after the pandemic. Okay. I decided I'm no longer gonna fill out these brackets all the way through, and it's not a <laughs> it's really just a way to preserve my inner peace a little bit because you know I'm the sports writer in every family group text and every friend group text. So when I just completely get my bracket busted on day one. I get a whole lot of text messages like, ah, boy, <laughs> who, who should really be the sports writer here? So really, it, it's just a way for me to just kind of protect myself a little bit. Well, but, I, I definitely understand long, that. Long way of saying, I like Alabama. Uh, I like Houston. Uh, I like Marquette. Which We can talk about how Purdue, I don't know how that, uh, boy, they're in bracket hell over there. And then, you know, I saw him play earlier this season. I really like Kansas. Okay. I, I have three out of your four. I have Alabama, Marquette, Houston, and I have the Zags making it to the final four, beating Kansas in that Elite Eight game. But your Missouri Tigers, a team that you get an opportunity to see, and their head coach, Dennis Gates, has done a phenomenal job with Mizzou basketball for the first time since joining the SEC, they make it to the semifinals and give Alabama all they can handle. Missouri, of course, opens this NCAA tournament with the 10th seed Utah State. How are things looking for Missouri versus Utah State? Man, if you're Missouri, I think you feel really good right now after uh, coming out of that Alabama game. Like, obviously, you lost. But, I mean, they gave, like you said, they gave Alabama all they could handle for most of the game where Kobe Brown, their best player, scored eight points. Uh, as a team, they shot 33%. And, I, I mean, they didn't, they didn't even get to, you know, we make the joke here, but it's true. Like, if they don't get to 70 points, they probably don't win. 
and they didn't get to 70. Normally, they get blown out if they don't get to 70 points. But, I mean, it was a, they kept it tight. So, if they can just, you know, have their shots go in, I think they'll have a real good chance here against Utah State. Matt, uh, looking at the bracket, obviously Missouri sitting there in the South as the seventh seed. I, I mean, every every not every year, but certainly crazier things have happened than than a seventh seed making a run. Uh, from from a Missouri perspective, I mean, it's easy to let the mind wander and, and wonder. Oh well, if if we beat Utah State, and then it's one difficult game with likely Arizona and then uh, and then who knows after that I mean how, how, how does how does uh, how do the Tigers make a little run here uh, you get through Utah State and uh, you know Utah State and Missouri if you watch them on tape are built sort of pretty similar ways they both like to get out and run they both like to play good defense but I think the difference here is Utah State, who I think is actually favored in the game, I don't think has the one guy the way that Mizzou has Kobe Brown, who when it really comes down to it in crunch time, like he's going to be your guy. Um, then you got to get through Arizona. That's going to be a really, really, really difficult game. And then from there, who knows? I think you wouldn't run into Alabama until the Elite Eight. And, I mean, if they do make a run, I think that run is going to last up until they run into Alabama. Well, you know, anytime Missouri has an opportunity, people forget about the rich tradition of the Missouri Tigers and how they used to run, I think, the Big Eight back in the day. And I think it's been a long time since Missouri has stretched itself back to the forefront and have kind of really not been middle of the pack in the SEC all year long because Coach Gates has done a phenomenal job. But if you were to say at the beginning of the year that Missouri would be a seven seed in the NCAA tournament, would you believe it? No. No, absolutely I wouldn't. And I wouldn't have believed that they got as far as they did in the SEC tournament either. I mean, just by getting that double bye at the beginning of it. Like, they, they equaled their longest runs ever in the SEC tournament. Like, so it's, it's not like they've been in the league since its inception. But, you know, that's still, that, that's still something impressive that they did. Then they go out, they win a tough game against a Tennessee team that I think could make a run themselves if they can just tighten some things up here. But, yeah, no, it, uh, it's all it, – it's been pretty surprising for all of us here. Well, I tell you, Coach Gates has done himself a favor because by having success here, really from the beginning of his start for Missouri, he earned himself a nice little contract extension showing the Missouri faithful probably what's to come, hopefully for their recruiting base. Yeah, exactly. No, they locked him down. Uh, I gave him a nice little raise. I think he was making $2.5 million base salary this season. And next year, that'll uh, jump up to $4 million a year. So, yeah, I think it, it just shows they're pretty well bought into him at this point, especially since I don't necessarily think they had to give him an extension. Like, I'm sure he would have got a few calls, but, like, the buyout, I think, probably would have been prohibitive anyway at this point because they wanted to show they're committed to their guy and, you know, I think it's one of those Missouri wants to show we're, you know, we're in the SEC. 
Uh, I think there's been a lot. They, there's a little chip on some people's shoulders just throughout Columbia about, uh, you know, it's, it's, the joke is that Missouri's SEC in name only. And I think, you know, walking him down to this extension and trying to preserve the success, uh, trust that he's going to be able to handle his business in recruiting and keep putting teams like this together and get even better in the coming years. Like It, it shows that just sort of institutional commitment. Matt, do you see uh, Missouri's potential tournament, or even though, well, I guess if Utah State is favored, it, it's dumb to say you know they should win the 7-10 game, but do you look at this as they're kind of playing with house money at this point based on what the expectations were before the season? Obviously, the season, no matter what happens against Utah State, was a success uh, based on expectations, but, I mean, in terms of how you grade the season for, for the Tigers. Uh, yes and no, and I think that really speaks to what uh, Dennis Gates has done really well here. You know, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, like, yes, absolutely, if they become a seventh seed, then they're playing with house money the rest of the way. Like, clearly they've super exceeded expectations about what this Missouri basketball season is going to be. But I, at this point, I think if you lose that first game, get – get beat by the 10 seed, like, yeah, it's uh, it's a very, very disappointing thing for Missouri fans. Uh, it's just the levels of expectation around here have been raised, and, you know, if, if they're not careful, they'll be a little bit of a victim of their own success. Have Missouri basketball standards been this high since Norm Stewart has been the head coach? I know when you start talking about Mike Anderson and Frank Haith or – Conzo Martin and his disappointment there. I, I don't know. I can't think of a bigger name or a bigger splash for Missouri at this point in time since Norm Stewart. No, I mean, you think about the time, the last time um, Missouri would have been just even this front of mind for people in the tournament time, it was because they were losing the Norfolk State as the number two seed. So, no, it's uh, expectations are high. You've just seen it this season how just the level of fan excitement has kind of gone through the roof, you know, like the last season you'd look at Mizzou games. I, w I wasn't on the beat yet, but I was about to be on the beat and I kind of knew it. So I was paying attention and it just looked miserable. They're playing bad basketball in front of no fans, just empty arena. And then this season, you know, they're playing this exciting brand of basketball. They're winning games, which is important. And, you know, the team has really done done good to endear itself to the community, and they've sold that building out. Uh, I believe it ended up being seven times this year. So, yeah, expectations are just the excitement here is higher than it's been in a long time. Well, eight SEC teams are in tonight. Pitt and Mississippi State get it started. Hopefully the SEC can continue to show and keep eight teams in. That's a tough playing game for the Bulldogs, and I know Mississippi State and Missouri played some great games as well. But as you continue to cover the Missouri Tigers, as they're opening up in their opening round matchup, how can people continue to watch your coverage of not only Tiger basketball, but football and baseball and everything Missouri? Uh, you can find me, find my work over at the Columbia Tribune. It's uh, ColumbiaTribune.com, I believe. And you can find me over on Twitter. It's at MattStall97, and I'll have coverage there. Although uh, my boss is the one going to Sacramento for this one, not me. He's uh, he, uh, cashed in a bunch of his family's Expedia points, I believe. That's how he made that trip happen. <laughs> so you can find him over at uh, OKOK on Twitter. 
Nothing wrong with that. We appreciate your time this afternoon, Matt, and we look forward to seeing if the Tigers can represent for the SEC. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Matt Stahl joining us this afternoon on the final drive. And don't forget, it's March Madness. Madness begins tonight in the play-in games. But you don't have to be mad because you have an opportunity to qualify for our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown tomorrow. When you hear the one shining moment montage by Luther Vandross, you give my man Michael a call 251-694-1055 to guarantee your spot in our March Madness matchup challenge again tomorrow night, 6 o'clock p.m., Moe's Barbecue downtown for an opportunity to win our grand prize. Hey, this is Buckets Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star, and all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it's shown. About three weeks, we'll see that montage, and we'll have a national champion that's crowned. And when you come out to Moe's Barbecue, you have an opportunity as a qualifier to win our Gulf Coast water rentals, two one-hour jet ski rental on two separate jet skis for two adults and one child. And also, brand new flat screen television from Bailey's TV and Mattress. And we had someone in the app said, well, aren't all televisions flat screens nowadays? Mm, yeah, I guess they are considered it's a fair flat point. screen. Guy in the app, that, guy, that particular user in the app never has anything positive to say, though. So. But at the same time, I tell you what, you can't beat the opportunity to win that as the grand prize and we'll be giving that out tomorrow and we just played one shining moment we have a qualifier mike that heard that one shining moment yeah congratulations to nicole we'll see you tomorrow night at moe's barbecue and nicole you can bring a friend you can bring family members because we're still giving Eight open spots that will be available for your chance to get in and become a qualifier. The Tomorrow night, you can still qualify. So bring a friend. Tell a friend about it because, again, all participants that qualified must be present. You must be present in order to win the grand prize and have an opportunity to have that flat-screen television and get an opportunity to get on the water and get on those jet skis, courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And, you know, when we were talking about March Madness, well, I tell you, you know, that means spring football is in the air. And Alabama 
was not chosen by ESPN to see their game live on ESPN or SEC Network. You're going to have to stream it there on ESPN+. Plus. But Colorado was. Colorado is charging $10 a student to get into their spring game. It's not even free for a student? Not even free. Ten. Oh well, student, students get in free, okay. but general admission is $10. For the record, Alabama A-Day, and I assume Auburn's as well, free for the general public, whoever wants to show up. I know Alabama's was free, and I think in the past Auburn had charged. Yeah. But at the same time, $10 for general admission tickets, and students get in free, and they've already sold – over 30,000 tickets. So that's for their April 22nd spring game, the same time as Alabama's. And you can call it the Dion effect, the primetime effect, whatever you want to call it. I just know that when primetime came to Mobile, Alabama, and didn't show up for his press conference postgame, primetime became dim time to me. <laughs> and I know I idolized Deion Sanders growing up had his sneakers, had his posters on the wall, but you have certain media obligations. And he had over 40 media members in the lobby after their victorious win over their rival Alabama A&M, and Dion didn't even bother to show up. Man, primetime cares about primetime. Well, he, you know, that's obvious. And that's very unfortunate for, you know, us as media members having an opportunity to to cover prime and he covered his own rear end and you know they say cyoa and that's what he did and that really you know frustrated a lot of media members not only here in mobile but who came nationally to cover Deion sanders but again the buffaloes colorado won one game last year but they're going to make sure ESPN hypes them up, and uh, we'll see if that results in some more wins for Colorado and the Buffaloes. It won't, but uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, if you'd rather watch Colorado's spring game over Alabama's spring game, you go ahead and be my guest. We'll get, it. We'll get more into this later. Speaking about Alabama, we have JT Crabtree coming up to talk about the Crimson Tide taking on the South Alabama Jaguars this evening at Stanky Field. JT Crabtree coming up next here on The Final Drive. It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile. Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Welcome to hour number three of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty joined by Michael Brauner. And again, it's March Madness, folks, and the play-in games will start tonight. Southeast Missouri State taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi in the play-in game, followed by Pittsburgh 
versus Mississippi State. And don't forget, when you hear the one shining moment montage, make sure that you're the first caller that gets in touch with Michael. 251-694-1055 is how you can guarantee your qualifying spot in our March Madness Matchup Challenge that will be at Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. And if you have not had an opportunity to be one of our qualifiers by calling in to the opening kickoff of the final drive, fret not because you'll have an opportunity to fill one of those eight open spots that we'll have so you can bring a friend. If you're a qualifier, bring family members, want to see everyone at Moe's Barbecue for an opportunity to win our grand prize of a jet ski anywhere, two jet skis that you can get two adults and one child, courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Reynolds, and again, our flat screen television from Bailey's TV and mattress and when you're talking about March Madness and as it begins South Alabama came up a little bit short in the Sunbelt Conference Championship a week ago against the Raging Cajuns but when that ends that means that baseball is in full swing and the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars JT Crabtree joins us as South Alabama is playing the University of Alabama tonight at Stanky Field. Alabama comes in at 15-2. South Alabama 8-8 eight and eight and have dropped the last couple ones. JT, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us here on the final drive. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Good afternoon to you. It's, uh, it's a big afternoon here in Jack Nation, huh? Well, I tell you, Dr. Joe Urban said, hey, you better get your tickets early for this win. And as we're looking out, daylight saving time has hit us. And I know that first pitch is scheduled for 630. And there'll still be maybe 30 minutes or so of sunshine left. But what's the crowd looking like? Because I know that tailgating and knowing that Alabama's in town is always a huge, huge event for South Alabama. Yeah, it should be a great crowd tonight. Um, as of airtime right now, we've still got a couple of tickets left, and we're expecting a, a huge, huge walk-up crowd. So if you're planning to come to the game tonight, we recommend go online, usajaguars.com, buy them online ahead of time, print them at home. You can have them on your phone. Avoid the line. Come right in the front gates. Um, I got here... 345-ish, and there was already a fraternity set up on one of the decks in Jaguar Alley out right field. So there's um, – actually, I'm looking out there now. All three of the decks are already starting to fill up. We've got a couple of fans that have already made their way into their seats. So uh, we're still um, almost an hour and a half away from first pitch. And, you know, it's a big game. You mentioned Alabama. They're 15-2. They're and two. They're nationally ranked at 24th in the country. They've got one of the, the better offenses in all of college baseball. And the uh, the Jags playing a little up and down right now, 8-8 uh, eight and eight on the season. Still trying to figure some things out. A ton of newcomers on the roster this year. So I don't take a lot of stock into what the, the record is currently because, I mean, tonight we're, we've got a lineup we've never used before. And that's not an indication of how bad we've been playing. That's an indication of we're still trying to figure out where guys fit. So it um, should be a fun matchup. These games are always down to the wire. We've played them the last two years up in Tuscaloosa, and the Tide have won both of them on ninth-inning comebacks 
on walk-offs. So we owe them a little payback tonight. Hopefully we can uh, take one. We'll, uh, we'll take a walk-off. We'll take a, a run roll, whatever it is. We just need one tonight to, to pay them back for the last two years. Without question, and it's an important game for the fan base because when you start talking about Alabama and South Alabama, I can't mention it enough. Yes, to me, the greatest South Alabama-Alabama matchup occurred in 1989 is the Jags defeated Alabama in March Madness. And here it is. We're still in March. It's still madness. We're about to start the NCAA tournament. So, like you said, hopefully South Alabama can give their fans something to cheer about the same way the Jag Nation cheered in 1989. No, for sure. It's been a while since Alabama's come down here, actually. It's been a while since any SEC team has come to Mobile because – a lot of teams that come down here do not leave with a win under the belt. You look at our all-time record against Auburn. We've got 50 all-time wins against the Auburn Tigers, so they're 28 wins. We're going to play them, in fact, next Tuesday up in Montgomery. And then you know, tonight with Alabama, this is the 111th all-time meeting between these two programs. They've gotten the better of us in the majority of them. But these are always big games. You mentioned the the shot that rolled the tide. I think back to 2015, uh, the last time that South Alabama beat the Crimson Tide here in Mobile, uh, it was a big-time win. It was a 3 nothing victory, and that was a big part of why the Jags were one of the last four teams left out of the NCAA tournament. That RPI game really propelled us. You know, this this stretch here tonight – starts an absolute gauntlet for South Alabama with the Tide tonight. You start conference play on the road at Georgia Southern, who hosted a regional last year. We go there this weekend. We play Auburn next Tuesday. Then we host the Raging Cajuns after that. They won, to, they won the Sun Belt title last year, went to a regional. And then we have a five-game week at the end of the month where we play Southeastern Louisiana. We go to Nichols. And then we go to JMU. <laughs> it is a heck of a stretch starting tonight for the Jags. But, you know, hopefully hopefully tonight starts it. You know, we saw flashes last week of this team starting to turn some things around. The pieces are there, just we haven't had the action happen yet all at the same time. So hopefully tonight's the night. It would be a great, great springboard for this tough month of March if we can get it going tonight. Well, it could be the shot that rolls the tide part two tonight if we can get a shot over the left field or right field or center field and have that type of victory or the type of walk-off against a top-ranked team in the country. And you mentioned about the Jaguars' gauntlet that they're about to start in regards to conference play. Of course, you Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that three-game road stretch at Georgia Southern. And then, again, you're on the road a week from today in Montgomery against Auburn, so another SEC team. So you jump into conference play, you jump out, and then you jump back in against the Raging Cajuns at Stanky Field starting March 24th. Yeah, it's a heck of a slate we've got. It's It's been a great schedule in general because we've already hosted a pair of Power Fives here, and now tonight is the third that will host all season. We had Nebraska here for a series. They've been really, really strong this year. We had Iowa here two weekends ago, and those are two teams that are going to be playing at the end of May in regionals. They're really, really solid in Big Ten baseball. So it's been a heck of a schedule you know, with Alabama tonight and then the Auburn game next Tuesday up in Montgomery. That's at Riverwalk Stadium where the Biscuits play. It's also where the Sunbelt Conference Tournament is hosted. So it's a advantage for us 
because we get to play in that park, which it's kind of quirky. You know, it's got a very short left field corner. It's got a rounded cut in, not a cut out, but a cut in down the right field line. So it's got some quirks. So it gives us an opportunity to play there before anyone else in the conference does. So that's a big advantage, and we played there last year in Montgomery against Auburn and another game that went back and forth. It was like a 13-12 shootout or something like that. It was a wild game. And, you know, if we want to play Auburn, it appears that Montgomery is the closest they're going to come to Mobile. They do not want to come down here because the last several times they have come to Mobile, they've been on the losing end of it. So they've been kind of making alumni stops where they'll go to Montgomery, hit their alumni base there and play us they'll go to birmingham play uav at regents field hit their alumni base they'll go to huntsville and play north alabama or middle tennessee kind of meet them in the middle they'll play them at the the trash panda stadium have an alumni event there so i get what they're doing but it wouldn't be great to have them back down here in mobile i mean shoot the tide's here now the tigers can come down here and play the jags for for one game so it's, it's a really exciting stretch we've got coming up here for the jags like i said before it's an opportunity to kind of right the ship quickly against some big-name opponents and get this thing going back in the direction we want. JT, in terms of the game tonight, uh, what did the Jags have to do? Alabama's lost one game to uh, a Columbia team that wasn't wasn't anything special. I, Alabama certainly is beatable on a Tuesday matchup. They're they're not, uh, you know, it's not murderer's row of a, of a lineup for, for the Crimson Tide, but it is a better team than in years past for Alabama. So what do the Jags have to do to handle Alabama tonight? Yeah, I just need to make sure that you you minimize your mistakes. You know, if you if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And if they give us an inch, we need to make sure that we take a mile. Uh, we have not done a good job of that so far this year. We've really struggled at the plate of stringing together the big inning. You know, having the the eight, nine, ten at bat inning, uh, putting up a, a five, six, seven spot on the scoreboard. We've really struggled at doing that offensively so far this season and this is an Alabama team on the other side that can really really swing it they're second in the in the SEC in batting average with a 352 average that's actually third best in the country they're third in the country in homers with 38 I mean think about it they've played 17 games they've hit 38 homers so far this season they can really really swing it and it starts at the top with their uh, their freshman third baseman Colby Shelton he's got 10 homers and he's driven in 22 so far this season so those are a couple of the keys. Uh, we've got righty uh, Juco transfer Mitchell Herr on the mound. He's a two-way guy. Uh, very heavy fastball. Good curveball as well. So we just need to make sure that if he makes some mistakes, make sure that nobody's on base when he makes those mistakes. And uh, just go out there and get some hits and string them together because that's something that we have not done well at. JT Crabtree, the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. And speaking of not making mistakes, JT, it's March Madness, man, and I've got to ask you, have you filled out your NCAA tournament bracket? <laughs> I, uh, I have not. Um, so I will typically – the, the round of 64, the, the first four, whatever it's called, I'll typically wait after that, but I'll get it going. Uh, I'll get it cranked up tomorrow, and don't worry, compliance office, compliance officers out there, I'm not betting or anything. It's just – just to ride out and stick up on the fridge and just there have some go. fun with it. But it's, um, no, I, I really like the field. There's a ton of parity across the board. Obviously, we, I'm curious to see what the Raging Cajuns can do against the, the Tennessee Volunteers in their first matchup. And, you know, of course, the, the Crimson Tide on the basketball side have been playing tremendous as well. And I'll be curious to see if they can 
keep it going for an extended run here in March. And you know, we saw them firsthand. They came down to the Mitchell Center back in November, and uh, we, play, we played well defensively against them, not so much offensively. But um, it, it's, it's an exciting time, man. It's my favorite time of year with, um, you know, baseball is – is I don't think it's any secret. Baseball's been my favorite sport for a long time. It runs deep in my family, but I absolutely love this time of year where March Madness and 68 teams get an opportunity just to to line it up and anything goes. I mean, shoot, who's going to be the, the next George Mason or Loyola Chicago? Who's going to be this year's St. Peter's? Huh? How fun was that run last year? Awesome. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, I am too, and I, I just I'm looking forward to hearing your call tonight as fans can get out to Stanky Field 6:30. The University of South Alabama Jaguars take on the nationally ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, and hey, again, kudos to Alabama for coming on down here. Doesn't matter if it's two for one or whatever. The bottom line is the Alabama Crimson Tide are coming to Mobile, Alabama with a winning record, and South Alabama has an opportunity to play a top 25 team in the country and turn the corner around. JT, how can people follow all of your great coverage of the University of South Alabama? I appreciate that, man. It should be a fun night, and hope to be in the night we're wrapping it up with a win. But uh, easiest way to find everything for us on our website, usajaguars.com, or you can find me out on Twitter, at JT Crabtree USA. Uh, we'll have listen links and whatnot on our schedule page. And uh, hoping when we're talking next, we're, we're talking about that great Jags win over the tide, huh? No question about it. And love your coverage, love your passion, and we'll be talking with you soon. Appreciate it, brother. Go Jags. Absolutely. J.T. Crabtree, the radio voice of the University of South Alabama Jaguars. Join- the ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star in all the years. No one knows just how hard you work. But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line In one shining moment They're frozen One shining moment The phone lines blow up When you hear that You want an opportunity to qualify And guarantee your spot in March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moles Barbecue Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock p.m. Make sure you call Mike right now, 251-694-1055 to guarantee your qualifying spot for our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge. That one shining moment, you have an opportunity to qualify to win our grand prize of a brand new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress and two one-hour jet ski rentals that can be two adults and one child on two separate jet skis from our friends at Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And if you're not going to qualify by calling in and being that first caller on the opening kickoff of the final drive, of course, you can come in and show up, and we're qualifying. Eight spots will be open so you'll have an opportunity to come in. If you're one of our qualifiers, you have to make sure that you're present to win and have an opportunity. And when you come in, you can double your fun by 
bringing a friend, bringing a spouse, brother, sister, uncle, as many as you can have or hold in your family to have an opportunity to give your family a better chance to get on those jet skis and have a brand new flat screen television in your living room. And that flat screen television, courtesy of Bailey's TV and mattress and the opportunity for the two one hour jet ski rentals, courtesy of Gulf Coast water rentals. And Mike, we have our last qualifier of the evening. Who's that going to be? Ray. Ray is going to be joining us tomorrow at Moe's Barbecue. Ray, make sure you're there. Bring a friend. Bring a spouse. That way you have an opportunity or your friend or spouse or your relative has an opportunity to qualify as well for those eight open spots to get in to have their one shining moment and win that grand prize that we are offering you here on WNSP. And we want to thank everyone throughout this last week for calling up. And remember, you'll have four more opportunities to qualify in the morning on the opening kickoff with Lee and Mark. And you'll have four opportunities tomorrow between three and six on our show here, the final drive as we will be broadcasting live from Moe's Barbecue downtown tomorrow from three to six, the final drive. And then right after the final drive, of course, we will have an opportunity to get our contest started. But if you qualified, you have to be present to win and you don't want to miss out on that. And of course, not missing out were our first team, all Americans, And let me know what you think about this. Brandon Miller, a lot of people were worried when he was bypassed as the SEC freshman of the week after he had that tremendous performance against South Carolina that he would be overlooked for SEC player of the year or SEC freshman of the year. Well, he won both of those, and he made history at Alabama today becoming a first-team All-American along with Marcus Sasser from Houston, And he has to be healthy in order for Houston to continue to advance. He didn't play against Memphis in the conference championship, and they took an L. Jalen Wilson, wonderful guard from Kansas, very versatile. He is an outstanding player for the Jayhawks, but does he have enough help to get them back to the national championship game? Tracy Jackson Davis, phenomenal score for Indiana. Trace does a wonderful job. Again, Mike, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to watch Indiana play this year, but his versatility and what he's brought to Indiana has been second to none and definitely deserving of a first-team All-American. And, of course, I had Indiana. One of us had Indiana beating Houston. You do. I mean, in your bracket, when you look at it, you're true to form there. Trace is the reason for that. He's played outstanding basketball. And, again, you have him in the round of eight losing to Texas, and I have them losing a little bit before that. But Zach Eady, the big seven-footer from Purdue. You knew he'd be on there. The only unanimous All-American on this first-team list, and I really can't argue with that first team. But what is interesting is Oscar Yashibwe. I think he made second team. He did make second team All-American when he was first team All-American a year ago, and he decides to come back to Kentucky. He's still going to make a lot of money at the next level. Jalen Pickett from Penn State. Another baller, by the way. Azulis Taboulis from Arizona. Timmy, Drew Timmy, Timmy time. 
The Zags. Talk about a guy I'm sick of. Oh I, I feel like he's been at the Gonzaga forever. Oh, my God. Am I sick of Drew Timmy. And Jamie Jaquez Jr. from UCLA. Jaime Jaquez. He's it, a good player. It, well, I, again, big part of big part of knocking out Alabama. You, you can't you can't argue with the selections for first and second team All American, and very deservingly so. And we'll see if these All Americans can put it in gear because again, the first team has all players that are still in March Madness that are going to have an opportunity to make their mark. And Brandon Miller. We know the regular season he had. We know he was the SEC tournament most valuable player. Yep. But can he go ahead and lead the tie to a national championship? But I think Timmy's just been there forever with the Zags. I have him making it to the Final Four, Michael. Yeah, you had Alabama getting their revenge over Gonzaga, didn't you? That is that is my national championship that'd be, game. That'd be, I, I, you know, that'd be fine by me. I, no, Gonzaga's interesting. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Purdue killed Gonzaga in non-conference. Gonzaga had some had some wacky losses that that can't really be explained. But they, I mean, they put up an offensive clinic on Alabama and Birmingham. They scored 100 points. If I'm not mistaken, they might be the only team to have scored 100 points on Alabama this season. Uh, you know, Timmy was, God, Timmy. I don't know how to explain it. It's not like he's like this super physically imposing guy, but he's just so technically sound. And he just beats he's so good with his post moves. He just he just finds ways to score. It, it's so frustrating going up against Timmy, especially because you know he's just been there for six years refining those post moves. Well, I mean, he's just been that difference maker for Coach Few, and they're gonna miss him tremendously. But he's one hell of a basketball player, and he'll have an opportunity to see if he can make it to the Final Four. As I do have the Zags making it all the way to the Final Four in the national championship game. But we'll see what happens with the big fella as he has an opportunity to continue to say, all right, well, I'm going to have a little chip on my shoulder. I was only a second-team All-American. I'm quite sure he would give all that up to see the Zags punch their ticket all the way to the national championship oh, game. Poor, poor Drew Timmy, only a second team. <laughs> what is he going to do? <laughs> like, yeah, he'll live, I promise. He'll definitely, he'll definitely live. But to fight another day, the Zags have a target on their back that's huge. And Lee, the Zags come in as a three seed. And that's a little bit shocking to me. I don't know if that's because, I mean, they win their conference tournament, but the Zags as a three seed instead of a two seed. I think that that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, they lost five games. Uh, you lose the St. Mary's. You, you had a, a, a wacky loss that you can't even really explain to Loyola Marymount. I, that's that's a loss that's going to... That's going to drop you when you lose to a non-tournament team. You lose to Baylor. Uh, you get smoked by Purdue. You get smoked by Texas. They got destroyed by Texas early in the season. So, I mean, when you, uh, yes, they did beat Alabama. Uh, but when you look at a team that didn't fare particularly well in there, it was obviously the it's a soft conference. I'm just going to say that. It is a soft conference that Gonzaga plays in. I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue anything else. Uh, and when you don't fare amazing in, in your non-conference schedule. Uh, credit to Gonzaga because they scheduled a bunch of really good teams in non-conference to make up for the fact that they don't play anyone during their conference schedule. Uh, you know, Alabama, Baylor, Kentucky, Texas, uh, you name it. They scheduled a bunch of really difficult games. But that being said, they 
didn't win a lot of them. They beat Alabama, but they lost to Baylor. They lost. To, they got killed by Texas. They got killed by Purdue. Uh, so I don't. Know. I mean, it, it's not ultra surprising to me that that they dropped to a uh, to a three. I mean, we've seen Gonzaga teams lose a lot less than five games, and that's what Gonzaga is entering the tournament uh, and sitting at five losses. You still feel that Indiana? You have them in your round of eight, defeating Houston. So Indiana, we'll see if they're All-American. Jackson Davis can get it done and lead one All-American over the other. And Marcus Sasser, as he has that growing injury, and I, you know, I don't know if it, as a 16-1, if you put him on restricted minutes versus uh, a 16 seed and get him rested up for possibly Auburn or Iowa. Of course, you and I both have Auburn defeating Iowa in the first round yeah it's a home game for him so <laughs> whether you think it's fair or not it's essentially a home game uh as far as sasser goes i it's an interesting question do, do you rest the guy i mean the tournament you gotta win six games in a row and you gotta come together as a team start playing your best basketball so i think the 16 seed offers you an opportunity to kind of you know start to get right you start to look your, your you start to figure it out and uh what kind of tournament team you're gonna be so i mean if sasser is able to play against Auburn and Iowa. He's gonna be able. He's gonna play against the 16th seed. We'll, we'll find out how healthy he is because he did. I mean, take this with a grain of salt. I don't know how much this means, but he did dress against Memphis. Like he wasn't in street clothes on the bench. He was dressed. Yes, he didn't play. Uh, whether that means anything, I don't really know. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think I don't think you can just sit Sasser for the 16th seed game if he's gonna be ready to play two days later. Uh, now it'd be one thing if you said, "All right, like we're gonna have to get through this first weekend in Birmingham without Sasser, and you know he's not gonna play in the Auburn slash Iowa game." That's different because that gives him another week off to get ready for ultimately uh, what I believe will be Indiana. So you know, it, it, if he's able to play in the second round, he's gonna play in the first round. Well, when you start talking about March Madness in Alabama, picked in a lot of people's brackets to win the national championship. It's because of the great recruiting they do and the great coaching staff that they have. And there's rumors that Charlie Henry will be coming to the Sunbelt Conference and becoming the next head coach at Georgia Southern. And that will take away one of Nate Oates' greatest assets. And I think that when you start talking about coming after a, a, a staff that is successful, you see the same thing with Nick Saban in football. When you start taking away assistant coaches, that means you've done something successful. No doubt. Will that be a difference maker next year for the Crimson Tide? Only time will tell. But according to reports, Charlie Henry getting ready to join the Sunbelt Conference in Georgia Southern as their next head coach. You're listening to The Final Drive here on WNSP 105.5. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to The Final Drive on WNSP 105.5. I'm Corey Labounty. Joined by Michael Brauner behind the class, taking your telephone calls, 251-694-1055. And play it in. The Final Four, March Madness is here. If you don't know where True TV is, 
now's the time to try to find it because there's going to be plenty of basketball on TBS, CBS, True TV, all available for March Madness. And again, our first play-in game tonight will be Southeast Missouri State taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi, a program that Ronnie Arrow helped start up from the ground up. And, Michael, I, I know that, you know, of course we are in March Madness, but there's always football, 365. And we were talking a little bit earlier about the Deion Sanders effect and him having the opportunity to have Colorado on ESPN and Colorado playing the same time as Alabama. And Colorado, you would think your two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, would be on ESPN or had earned the right to be on ESPN. But it's that primetime effect that Deion Sanders seems to have some way, shape, form, or fashion. Again, I'm not a Deion Sanders fan. I don't care for Deion Sanders, but apparently the execs at ESPN say, hey, Alabama, you're not worthy. Georgia, you're not worthy. So is Georgia playing at the same time as well? I know they have a game that day. Not quite sure if it's at the same time, but I will say this. Colorado's on the big boy. They're They're on ESPN. They're not on ESPN, too. I think Georgia may be on ESPN, too. But Colorado is taking ESPN. It's a little bit of disrespect. Well, I mean, it it, it is a lot of disrespect if you ask me because you're having an opportunity to see Colorado, which what have they done besides come in with a lot of Deion Sanders hype? Regardless of the transfer portal or whatever, I just think that their type of hype, I'm not buying it. One game is what Colorado won a year ago. I think Dion can bring the Dion factor and and what he's bringing in and what he got rid of. He can get maybe three wins, maybe four out of Colorado's schedule. But to bump Georgia or to bump Alabama off of national television instead, mm, interesting. I don't like prime. Somebody asked, why don't I like prime? I don't like Deion Sanders because of what he did, the way he trashed Mobile, Alabama. And when he came to Mobile, you have media obligations. And he didn't fulfill his media obligations at all. Because if Alabama A&M's coach can take a loss and show up in front of the press, so can Deion Sanders. So take time to meet your media obligations and have a post-game news conference, especially when you have over 35 or 40 local media members and national media members in attendance covering your football team. You're begging for the coverage, Prime. You got the coverage, and you're going to leverage it however you want to. That's why I personally don't care for Deion Sanders. Now, as a child, I I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread in regards to his athletic abilities. Because he was everywhere. Had the Deion Sanders shoe, Mike. Had the Deion Sanders posters. But when you have an opportunity to meet your childhood idols and they let you down, yeah, that's disappointing. And again, you have obligations. And when you don't meet those media obligations, as the losing coach, if you can come and meet your media obligations, so can you as a winning coach. So you're like... uh 
the Michael Jordan meme from the last day. You took that personally. I took it personally. I did take it personally. I and, don't blame you. And, 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 and you're 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 saying it without saying it. I'll say it. I'm sick of Deion Sanders, man. It, he, it's, he's been the head coach of a major program for, what, two months? I'm already sick of him. Oh, my God. It's like... Every single thing at Colorado is filmed. Every single thing is going to be on social media. Oh, he's bringing his luggage, and it's Louie, so get ready to leave. Transfer out. I mean, I'm just sick of the guy, man. I Say what you want about him. I, mean, I guess he's a fine football coach. He's arguably the greatest cornerback of all time. He's one of the best athletes of oh, all time. Oh, you can't take that away of from course. him. Of course. You'd be you'd be crazy, but man, the 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 guy's a jerk. I, well, I, I I will say that he he acted like a jerk when he came to Mobile, Alabama, and it's just not about the Lad People Stadium conditions. That's not what it's about, because if that's how he felt about it, he could have come to a press conference and spoke on that. I just think he speaks out of both sides of his mouth when he's always talking about uplifting one another, yeah. especially the culture. You're supposed to take care of the culture. He goes to a HBCU, okay? And Deion Sanders, I don't think he walked away from Jackson State with a clean slate. But matter of fact, Deion Sanders, congratulations for being a SWAG champion. Two years in a row. But you didn't win the national championship. You lost twice. He, Deion he Sanders talk, lost twice. Like, talks like he did. Uh, plenty of SWAG swagger. He said he is swack. Who's swack? He said he's swack. <laughs> Dion said he was swack. Well, if you're swack, that's great. Go represent the swack and, and bring the national championship back. Well, guess what? He didn't do that. And Colorado hired a name, a, a huge name that's a great draw. Time would tell whether that will equate in wins or losses. And I know that there's a lot of Auburn fans that are happy he didn't come to Auburn. Because he felt he was bigger than the Auburn brand. I I, I don't think he was. I, I mean, whether he can say what he wants. I don't think he was ever a candidate for the Auburn job. I don't think there was ever a shot in hell Auburn was going to hire Deion Sanders. Well, I, I know that he could have stirred the pot himself to leverage because Deion's all about leverage. I don't, I don't think we can argue that. Do I think that Deion sometimes acts like a prima donna? Absolutely. He's not the only one. It, it, true. But as far as having an opportunity when you meet someone for the first time as a media member, you see some guys that are not jerks, and then you see some that are. Yeah. And it just so happens either you love Deion Sanders or you don't, but at the end of the day, he's drawn a lot of interest and has sold over 36,000 tickets to Colorado Spring Game. Going to smash attendance records. And he only has to surpass one win. One win <laughs> is all he has to surpass. Yeah, I mean, what, what I saw it was their over-under win total, like seven and a half, eight games. I mean, it's ridiculous. I think he's going to come into a Power 5 conference, and I understand they're bringing in a whole, basically a whole new roster. I mean, in the transfer portal era, it's just something you're able to do, but... I mean, to think he's going to come in and just completely turn around a program in year one, it's not its not like basketball where you can just turn around a program in year one, kind of like what I think Chris Beard is going to do at Ole Miss next year. I think Ole Miss you'll see a significant improvement. But it's fo- I mean, in football, it's going to be a process. I think Colorado beat 
lucky to win three or four. They got a hard schedule next year. Deion Sanders not just going to come in. I mean, he's never he's not coached a major college football program. So we'll find out. We'll find out what uh, what kind of coach he is. But no, as far as what you're saying on uh, on the I mean, I've never met the guy, so I don't want to make super assumptions about him. But Dion loves Dion. That uh, that goes without saying. Oh, without saying, without question. And you look at what Dion they open up with TCU. TCU's a tough matchup for them. We know where they're coming off of. Nebraska, Colorado State, at Oregon, Southern Cal, at Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, at UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, at Utah. Well, we there's no way he's going to make the Pac-12 championship in year one. He's going to build something special from a recruiting standpoint. Four and five stars are going to want to go there to where it's cold. But we'll see. Only time will tell how Deion Sanders will do. You're listening to The Final Drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Brauner right here on WNSP. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. The final segment of The Final Drive here. On WNSP 105.5, Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner. And don't forget, tomorrow, it all goes down. Moe's Barbecue Downtown, 6 o'clock p.m. If you have qualified, you have to be present. You'll have eight more opportunities to call either the opening kickoff or the final drive tomorrow to be one of our automatic qualifiers. And if you're not, by phone, of course, you can stop by. And if you're a qualifier and you want to bring a spouse or a family member, sister or brother, give everyone an opportunity in your family to leave with our grand prize. If you draw the random team from our bracket and you choose the right team and they win the big dance, you'll walk away with our big prize, which is our brand new flat screen television from Bailey's TV and Mattress along with two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis. That can be two adults and one child. And again, tomorrow... You know what I'm really hoping happens, by the way? Talk to me. I'm, I'm hoping an Auburn fan ends up with Alabama. That way they have to root for <laughs> Hey, they wouldn't care as long as they win that brand-new television and have an opportunity to hit the water. I, it's like if I had to root for Auburn to win a national championship, it's like I'm still rooting against Auburn, but it's like, all right, if Auburn wins, I guess I get a TV with it too. Well, tomorrow we'll be at Moe's Barbecue bringing you the final drive from 3 to 6. Make sure you're there by 6 p.m. All our automatic qualifiers, you want to be there. Now, tomorrow, we'll have Nick Kelly on the show along with Zach Blackerby. We'll have Christy Curry. She's the head women's basketball coach at the University of Alabama. They're in the NCAA Women's Tournament. We'll talk with Christy Curry along with Kevin Skarbinski. We'll talk about his huge nomination that he had. He's a Hall of Famer now. We'll talk with him tomorrow at 5 o'clock along with Ryan Foster, who, of course, is the owner of Gulf Coast Water Rentals. All tomorrow, along with meeting you guys at Moe's Barbecue Downtown. And we want to thank all our great guests today, Jason Caldwell, 
Chris Gordy, Matt Stahl, and JT Crabtree all joining us here on the final drive here on WNSP. See you guys tomorrow afternoon, 3 to 6, the final drive, 6 p.m. We'll start our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge. March Madness has officially begun. Get those brackets out. Start filling them out, and you can hop in the app and join us as well in our own competition. The final drive. We'll see you tomorrow at Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile.